Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Anthony Morelliano Show, the premier New Jersey-based politics podcast. Um, the, the primary elections are officially behind us in New Jersey, and joining me today is Jeanette Hoffman, um, who is a Republican strategist in New Jersey, to um, discuss uh, what happened. Jeanette, thank you for joining. Thanks, Anthony. It's great to be here with you. Anytime. So we're going to start with the most competitive um, primary elections um, in New Jersey. So most of them were in Congressional District 3 um, between Bob Healy and Ian Smith and 5 between Frank Pallotta and Nick DiGregorio. Um, so in those races, we had Bob Healy took out Ian Smith with a, with a, with a very large margin, while Frank, um, who was denominated from 2020, is 85, is now going to be nominated again, taking out Nick DiGregorio. Uh, but I'm really interested about Bergen County, because Bergen County backed Nick, while right. Sussex and Passaic went with Frank, and Frank was able to pull out and win, despite uh, the BCRO-backed candidates um, winning. So what does this mean for the Bergen County GOP, in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, it's it's surprising that Frank Pallotta won, you know, despite not having the line in Bergen, but he did have the organizational line in the other counties in, you know, uh, Sussex and Passaic. Um, but I think, listen, he also has really strong name identification in Bergen County, having just won there, um, just run there, excuse me, two years ago. So people know, who, you know, who he is in the primary election, and it's a very low turnout year. Um, for the primary. So he was able to get his people out. And the interesting thing was that Congressman Gottheimer, the Democratic incumbent, and a dark mm-hmm. money super PAC with ties to the House Democrats, they were actually sending out mailers c- tying Trump to Pallotta, which probably helped Pallotta, you know, Frank Pallotta get elected there. So it's almost like Congressman Gottheimer wanted to select his opponent <laughs> by doing that. So, uh, you know, I thought that was interesting too. That might have had an impact in uh, getting him past them. It's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, I think it, it was a surprise, but not so much seeing as, you know, Frank definitely had that name recognition and he worked hard and I think he ran a pretty good campaign. Agreed. And there were people from the Pilata team were saying that the reason why Josh is sending out a mailer about Frank is because Frank's afraid of him and wanted to pick him. While the Gregorio camp is saying, oh, well, because of, this was sent out by a dark money pack, but if you simply just read the mailer, it says paid for by Josh Gottheimer for Congress. <laughs> right. it, it, it's, it's, it's really, really silly. But they were, the Gregorio people were also saying that the reason why Josh is, is picking, you know, going after Frank is because of, because they know that Nick is a stronger candidate. But, you know, everyone does this in primaries, but it's a, you know, now that's in the past. Um, now, going down to, to, to um, CB3 with Bob Healy and Ian Smith, now, Ian Smith, I would say, has the edge on name recognition, but he got involved in a DUI, and his, um, his commissioner candidate, Val Gallagher, also got into a DUI, which, in my opinion, uh, really, really um, killed them. Um, but what, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, it was, Ian Smith is definitely a controversial candidate, and, and the DUI definitely did not help his case, um, especially because of his past. You know, he had, he had passed... Um, record of, of, um, of driving under the influence and actually um, killed someone when he was much younger. Um, so that second one certainly hurt him and it was you know, certainly in the news a lot. And then, you know, like you said, another candidate on his slate uh, had a DUI. So uh, that 
certainly hurt his ticket. And also, you know, Bob Healy raised uh, significantly more money. He had organizational support and you know, just frankly ran a really great campaign. Um, Ian Smith, uh, like you said, you know, he's he's made national news. Um, but, you know, when you talk about a primary, what really matters is you know, the people in your district coming out to vote for you. So, you know, he might be popular among Fox News viewers, but those people don't live in the third district necessarily. So I think, look, Bob Healy ran a great campaign. He was well financed. He didn't have, uh, you know, the controversial stories behind him like Ian Smith did. Um, and I think that, you know, kind of at the end of the day, decided the race. Um, I'm excited about the third district, about the, the prospects of Republican win, Republicans winning it in November. Um, you know, I know in redistricting, it was made safer for Democrats, for Andy Kim. But I think this is going to be a big year for Republicans. I really do. I don't think we should concede any ground to Democrats, especially with the way things are going in this country in such a bad direction under the leadership of President Biden. I think a lot of Republicans and independents are going to turn out and vote for Republicans to make a change. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Republicans have the momentum heading into the midterms, and most people do know that this is going to be a bloodbath for the Democrats. Um, but yeah. I want to touch on one more thing about Ian Smith. Um, so a lot of people on Healy's um, team um, have said that Ian Smith um, promotes conspiracy theories about 9-11. The first time I saw it on Twitter was um, it was a tweet by Chris Russell. And he said that, he said, when I quote him, that it's not anti-establishment to promote 9-11 conspiracy theories, end quote. Um, and now, for me, I've never seen Ian Smith um, say stuff like that. But, I mean, if it's true, I will definitely hear about it. But, I mean, promoting conspiracy theories of 9-11, obviously, um, that's never a good thing, especially in New <laughs> Jersey, where so many people lost their lives yeah. in 9-11. But like, have you ever seen Ian Smith promote 9-11 conspiracy theories? I have not personally, but I haven't really dug into it that much. Um, I don't live in the third district. So, you know, I, I following that campaign from a little bit of a, you know, bird's eye view. But um, yeah, I mean, there's really no excuse for promoting 9-11 conspiracy theories, as you said, Anthony. Like, uh, you know, I live in Monmouth County where so many people from this area lost their lives um, in 9-11. And it's just, if it's true, it's, it's extremely disappointing and unfortunate. I agree, yes. Um, anyone who does the kind of stuff, um, that's not good and um, totally um, condemn that behaviors. Um, so looking at now, like we're going to hop in now to CD11, um, where there's a really, really contested um, GOP primary in 11. So whoever you can take on might be Cheryl. So the presumptive nominee was, was going to be Typhoon Sell, who is currently a Morris County Commissioner. But mm -hmm. Paul DeGroote, who is only backed by the Passaic GOP, beat Typhoon. And right. another thing, too, about Passaic County is that if you're from Passaic County, people from Passaic County are more likely to vote for you since you're already in there. It doesn't help Passaic County really usually run. But I would say Jersey wrote an article saying that one of the biggest winners from the CD11 primary was Passaic County GOP chair. Peter Murphy, who's, a, who's my uh, GOP chair. And he was able to pull out 16,000 votes for DeGroote in Passaic County, while Tefu only got around 100. Um, yeah. Although I, I typically view this GOP field in C11 to be very weak. Because anyone, whoever wins the primary, it's obviously Paul DeGroote, um, they're pretty much a long shot for being Mikey Sheriff since she's so well-funded. But what does DeGroote have to do to pull off a major upset against Mikey Sheryl? I mean, listen, like like we talked about, like I wouldn't count any Republic 
Republican out this year because I think it's just going to be such a bloodbath for Democrats. Um, but look, Mikey Sherrill is a popular candidate and she is well-funded. I mean, frankly, I think the Democrats are looking to run her for governor in the future. Um, so she's going yeah. to be well-funded um, and the district has gotten safer. They've carved that district out to make Mikey Sherrill really safe and Tom Malinowski really weak. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about that later. But um, I, I think Paul DeGroote has to, you know, really, really work hard um, and and basically tie every vote Mikey Sherrill has to uh, Biden and, you know, what he's done to weaken our economy, um, drive gas prices up by not allowing American energy independence, um, you know, allow inflation to, uh, you know, continue to skyrocket. And, you know, really, what has she done to, you know, change any of that? Um, she's voted lockstep with in lockstep with President Biden. So that's really I mean, that's going to be his entire campaign. Um, and he's got to really work hard to get his name ID out there. And, um, you know, he has only a, about five months to do it. So it, it's going to be an uphill battle for sure. But, you know, he has the the environment right now is is terrible for Democrats. So um, I mean, that's what Paul DeGroote has on the side right now. Right. So you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, if DeGroote does everything you said, he'll definitely pull out uh, a big victory race. And, and there's typically people in 11 are like mostly suburban moms and, you know, no class families that don't approve of what the Dems are up to. Yeah. Um, now we're going to hop on to um, CD4. Um, so this is um, Chris Smith had a prime opponent named Mike Crispy. Um, Roger yeah. Stowe is his consultant. Right. So after Chris Smith won the primary, um, there's an article I saw that saying that he's hopeful that Crispy does not run again. Um, but Crispy responded saying how, well, that he's not finished yet. And if he wants to, run again to the Stars campaign earlier, but could it be possible there could be another Crispy Smith primary in 2024? Well, I think anything is possible, <laughs> but <Right>. um, <laughs> I live in District 4, and Chris Smith is just a legend. I mean, he is, he is. Uh, Republicans, Democrats, Independents love Chris Smith, and it's because he is everywhere. He, you know, he, he votes with his conscience. He, his constituent services are just amazing. You call that office and, you know, whatever you need, they are incredibly responsive. Um, so I think, you know, they, they send you handwritten letters. I mean, they're, they're just a terrific office. And, and Chris is just a wonderful member of Congress who's been around for, you know, ages and ev everyone knows him. So um, it, if Mike Crispy wants to run again, I mean, God bless him. But I don't, you know, I don't see him taking out Chris Smith anytime soon. Um, and he just has a tremendous record of accomplishments in Congress. Um, but, you know, look, you know, at, he, he, you know, people retire eventually. <laughs> so um, if he wants to keep running, um, you know, that, that's his right. Um, but I just I can't see him pulling up an upset, pulling off an upset anytime soon. Yeah, the thing about that district in four, it, it's the most conservative district on the East Coast. And I, mean, I met Chris before. Chris is a fantastic guy. I mean, obviously a man in Congress who is liked by both sides. And, you know, I mean, and, you know, I see it, well, yeah, I see it though. He's a great, you know, I mean, he has, he has, he has been um, sanctioned by China, which, you know, in the U.S. is a good thing. And I, I he also right. has the bill, the tick-borne illness, which I actually I have a copy of it in my, in my house um, when, I, when I got to um, visit him when I was in college. Um, very personable, wow. though um, he knows, um, you know, he likes, you know, hearing people who have internships in politics. So, really cares about the next future generations. But 
Uh, so of all the unsuccessful primary bidders, um, I've heard things about like Nikki Gregorio running for like in, running for state house in twenty three, or even John Iceman who unsuccessfully um, um, unsuccessful bid in CD seven could also run for um, a possible state house position. But what um, who do you see from all like the the, um, the unsuccessful primary bidders? Who do you see running for office in twenty twenty three or even in the possible future? Yeah, I think I think you just named him, John Henry Eisman. Um, I think he's impressed a lot of people in his uh, his challenge in the primary on CD7. Um, he kind of came out of nowhere, but really impressed people because he's really smart and, uh, you know, comes across really well and see, but had, had really good um, responses, um, but wasn't, you know, didn't come across as like abrasive or um, disrespectful or, you know, he, he really just... Uh, held himself, held his ground really well against, you know, someone like Tom Kane, um, Phil Rizzo, you know, those kinds of, of opponents. Um, I, I think he impressed a lot of people. And I wouldn't be surprised if he ran for the state house or for Congress in the future. Yeah, Eisen has a very bright future in politics, as long as he keeps up with it. Uh, he's already made a name for himself. So he being running for state house obviously would be beneficial to him. Uh, so, so now we're going to go, we mentioned, we mentioned earlier before, um, looking at what Democrats are running on this year, if they don't really have much to relate to, to voters. Um, there's, only, there's only three three things to running on this year, and that is um, the January 6th committee, which most voter voters have moved on from, um, right. COVID-19, which most people have moved on from COVID. And, but really, the only issue you can really say is abortion. But most people know that when Ro- when Roe v. Wade gets overturned, it will just go back for the, to the states to decide. Plus, with the more Biden talks and the more far left the administration gets, the more alien- alienate their base, alienate and people to vote Republican. But what would Dems do at least have a shot, which is a long shot of keeping the Senate in house? What would the Dems need to do? Well, you know, the Democrats always, uh, every federal election year, it's guns and abortion. I mean, that is. Right. That that is, you know, their their specialty, and and they try and motivate by fear. Um, I don't think that is going to work this year. I mean, tr- you know, tragically, the school shootings are are very upsetting to a lot of people. So I think they are going to try and use that issue um, to their advantage, um, the gun issue. Um, I don't think it's going to work. I think the pocketbook issues are just too strong right now. I mean, people can't afford to get back and forth to work. Um, studies have shown that gas is now cutting into 25% of people's food budgets. Um, you know, 60% of people are living paycheck to paycheck right now. So I think those economic issues, those pocketbook, pocketbook issues are, are really going to hurt the Democrats very much. And, you know, or six issue, I think if Democrats want to live in the past, um, they're going to do so at their peril. Um, because like you said, most Americans have moved on from that. Exactly. Um, so, if you pick a race this year where a candidate, it could be Democrat or Republican, any any party leading, you really can pull up a huge upset. Where do you see that happening? So, a huge upset in New Jersey that I don't think anyone's going to see coming is in the 6th Congressional District, Congressman Frank Pallone, who's a Democrat. He's one of the powerful members of Congress right now. He chairs right. the Energy and Commerce. He's very, very close to Nancy Pelosi. And I think he's kind of moved a little too far to the left for this district. Um, don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, he, he 
he's been in Congress for a long time, has tremendous name ID, but he's running against a Republican named Sue Kiley. She's currently a Monmouth County commissioner. She's from the Bayshore area of Monmouth County, which is in the 6th Congressional District, and she's very popular. And I just think that the, the climate right now, the environment right now is just perfect for Sue Kylie to really take Congressman Pallone by surprise and, and pull off a Republican upset. Interesting. Um, I know that field consisted, the primary field consisted of um, Tom Tooley, who was running in 11, then Rick Mehta, who was our Senate candidate in 2020. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I can tell that, you know, I've, I've really heard a lot of bad things about Kylie, but yeah, I don't know her personally. But if she could pull off an upset against Pallone, that would probably shake up the nation since Frank Pallone's the most, one of the more powerful members in Congress and one of the more powerful ones in New Jersey since he chairs a committee. And, yeah. and pretty much the energy committee that is in charge of all the gas prices and all that other kind of, you know, energy stuff that we've lost. Yeah, it's, I mean, it should be really interesting. If anything, I think Frank, who's been kind of coasting along for a, a, quite a while, will have to really make it a, a, a more difficult campaign than he's used to. Exactly. Uh, well, um, if you want to see more of Jeanette, you can always watch her on News 12 uh, when major political news pops up. Um, I've watched I've watched your News 12 so many times. Um, you always do a great <laughs> job, and I think a lot of people need, really need to uh, listen to what you're saying on there. Um, yeah. So, Thanks, Anthony. No problem. And thank you for ha- thank you for joining. Um, thank thank you, um, so much, Jeanette. Um, and to everyone else watching, um, we'll see you soon. And See you next time. Bye.